Our scripture reading for today comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. It's the story of Jesus healing the paralyzed man. Hear these words of scripture. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now, some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this is what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven? Or to say, get up and take your mat and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Sue. So I definitely almost used the forest fires as my sermon illustration, so I'm glad I didn't. Something told me, you shouldn't do that. You should use something else. And that's why, because Jenny did it, and she did a great job of illustrating teamwork through the forest fires. But today we are continuing our series, Change Makers, and this series goes along with our Vacation Bible School theme for this year, which is called Change Makers Lab. At VBS, the kids are going to spend an entire week learning that everyone can make a difference in the world. They'll hear Bible stories that explore examples of people who experienced and brought about change in the world around them. And this is something that as adults, we need to remember ourselves. We can make a difference in the world. Last week, Reverend Kendrick began the series preaching about the story of Nicodemus coming to Jesus at night, a story that models asking those hard questions. This week, we talk about working together to solve problems. And then in the coming weeks, we talk about caring for all people, reaching across our differences and imagining a new world. Because by doing these things, we can be change makers in the world. Let's pray. Oh God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing and joyful to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Before becoming a senior pastor, I spent many, many years working with youth. And each summer with the youth, we would pile all of the teenagers the chaperones, and all of the gear into vans and drive hours and hours 
to a destination where we would spend the entire week volunteering and helping those in need. It was the traditional youth mission trip. And during one of these weeks, one year, we drove down to the Appalachian Mountains in rural Kentucky. And my group was tasked with constructing a ramp for an elderly woman who was bound to a wheelchair. At the time, the only way that the woman was able to get from her house to her car was if someone carried her. And so we wanted to work to change that. Now, normally, building a ramp is pretty straightforward. But this woman lived on the literal side of the mountain. And so we had to build a ramp from going from her front door, which is up here on the mountain, to going down here to where her driveway was on the mountain. Now, I don't know if you know anything about building ramps or like physics or like the law of motion, right? Something in motion stays in motion or whatever. I don't know the exact. Jordan would tell me. But yes, motion goes faster downhill, right? And it that's not good in building a ramp. So we had to figure out how we were going to engineer this ramp from going here to here safely for the woman in a wheelchair. And I should say that the people in my group consisted of me. I'm a pastor. I don't know physics and engineering. Also, um, a banker. Uh, a high school science teacher, he knew a little bit, and also four teenagers. So we didn't have necessarily a lot of the skill to know this, but we did have a binder. And the binder had all kinds of instructions on how to do it. And the woman that we were helping, we'll call her Anita, she was so sweet. And she had been confined to her home for years. And so we were determined to help Anita. So we got out that binder of instructions. We got out our graph paper, ruler, measuring tape, our pencils, all that we needed. And we started to create a plan. And while some of us did that, working on the plan, the others worked on clearing the space for where the ramp would go. And then still others sat and visited with Anita because we wanted her to know that she felt loved and she was a part of this process. We, in that moment, were change makers, working together to solve this problem in front of us, giving Anita the mobility that she needed and desired. And in today's scripture, we see five friends encountering a problem. The one friend is paralyzed, laying on a mat, while the other four friends are, are carrying him, one on each corner. And the mat that he's on is a sleeping mat. It's a mat that was used by the poor so that they could, it could be rolled up at the end in the morning so that they could have the rest, this one room for the rest of the day. And then it could also be used when they had to travel somewhere, it became a suitcase. So they would pile all of their things in it and wrap it up and the mat was a suitcase as well as their bed. And in this case, it wasn't just for this man a suitcase and a sleeping mat, but it was also the way that he got around. 
If he was lucky enough to find others who were willing to help him, he could get around using that mat. And he did, he was lucky enough. In fact, in this story, we see these four friends carrying him to Jesus. And they're carrying him to Jesus because they know that Jesus can heal their friend. They carry him to this house where Jesus was reported to be teaching and healing. And really the challenge at that time wasn't necessarily getting him there on this mat, but it was that the whole village, about 1,500 people, were also trying to get to Jesus at that same time. So they were running up against this huge crowd of excited people. It's like the rush of screaming fans at a Taylor Swift concert, right? Like that's what we're seeing here, imagining. And it would have been difficult to navigate that type of crowd if you were just on your two feet. But here we have them carrying this man, a full-grown man on this mat with the four of them trying to get through. And when the solid wall of people seems unending, the friends face this, this dilemma. What are they going to do? They could continue to try to inch through the crowd, or they could give up and they could go home. And they could try again maybe the next day earlier in the morning before everybody else got there. But neither of those options were good enough for these friends because they knew they had to get this man, their friend, to see Jesus. They didn't want to lose this chance. What if Jesus changed his plans and went somewhere else the next day? So they decided in that moment to get creative. I don't know if I would have thought, oh, let's go down from the roof. Let's climb on the roof and dig through. But that's what they did. They dug through all of the sticks and the moss and the dirt and everything there so that they could get their friend to Jesus. And through teamwork, they got the man up. I don't know, how, how did they do that part? That's what I want to know. Lift this man up onto the roof, right? And then down through. Like, this is a feat. And they do this. And when Jesus sees this, he doesn't say, excuse me, wait in line. And he doesn't yell at them, or he doesn't ignore them. We see that Jesus sees them and understands fully what they need. He honors their faith and the perseverance and the unrelenting hope of these friends and this individual. He doesn't turn them away, but he sees that their need is not just physical, but it's emotional and spiritual and social as well. Because in Jesus's day, sickness was widely considered to be caused by sin. So not only was this man socially an outcast because he just couldn't get around to different things by himself, but he was also an outcast because they thought that he did something wrong to deserve being paralyzed. And so the first thing that we see Jesus do is he separates the man's sin from his paralysis. He pronounces the man to be forgiven, declaring to everyone, making it clear to the whole crowd that the man's condition was not his fault. And then Jesus heals him physically, telling the man, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And everyone in that moment, when they see him stand up, 
and walk out with his mat. They are amazed. Not only does Jesus restore this man to his feet, but he puts him on equal footing, equal ground with everyone else there. He restores him. Jesus restores this man to complete and utter wholeness in that moment. And it's simply because this man's friends were determined to be change makers, to change this man's life and everyone who was there to see it, to see this miracle of Jesus. Because of their working together, refusing to give up, and creatively solving a problem. Now, we didn't finish when in, back in Kentucky. We didn't finish the ramp in five days. We were there five whole days. It took us an entire day just to come up with a plan of what exactly we were going to do. We didn't have enough time to finish it in the next four days. We were able to get the first platform started and, like, and the first part of the ramp going. But then we went home, and another group came and continued that project. And then week after week, all summer long, groups went to Kentucky from all over the US. They got to know and love Anita, and they helped build this ramp for her. And at the end of the summer, she had a ramp. And through Facebook, we were able to watch the progress of the ramp week by week and see the challenges that the other groups ran into. We had a beautiful plan, I think, in theory, on paper, but then they had to live it out in real life. And they were trying to build a ramp on the side of a mountain. And so they were digging for the footings, for the, the things that I don't remember the name of, the, the things. What are the things called? Okay, Mark knows, whatever Mark said. Anyway, they were trying to build the footings and they ran into boulders. And so you can't dig through a boulder, not with, I mean, they were using shovels, come on. So they had to kind of, how do we move around the boulders? And they had all of these challenges, but through it all, they figured it out, working together because Anita needed that ramp and they were all being change makers. And we were able through the whole summer to be change makers with all these people that we never met before, to be change makers together. And that's the way life is. We're always gonna run into these obstacles, these boulders that are right underneath the surface that we don't expect. And things don't go perfectly to plan. But if we work together, opening ourselves to the Spirit's creativity, the Spirit that created the world, the universe, that Spirit, opening ourselves to that Spirit, working together, we can be change makers in this world. And the sacraments, they remind us of this. In the sacrament of baptism, there is a part where the whole community of faith responds and says, yes, we are going to help you. Parents, being a parent is hard, right? Being a human is hard. And so we are going to come alongside you and we're going to be there for you and be there with you so that you know you are not alone in this. And then in the sacrament of Holy Communion, we come to the table to be filled by the Spirit so that we can go out and be those change makers. 
not by our own volition, but through the Spirit's guidance and power and encouragement. That is the beauty of our holy sacraments and the the beauty that we are able to come together as a community of faith with no barriers whatsoever because this is Christ's table. This is Christ's table, and so all are welcome to come and to receive. You do not need to be a member here. (laughs) You do not need to... Um, have come a certain amount of times. You do not need to have been baptized. You do not need anything other than an openness to receive God because that's what this is. And we remember what Christ did on that night before he gave himself up for us when he took the bread from his table, ordinary bread, turning it extraordinary by giving thanks to God and telling his disciples, take, eat, do this in remembrance of me. And then again, taking the ordinary cup with ordinary wine, offering it to God, making it extraordinary through God's creativity, and then telling his disciples, take, drink of this, all of you. This is the blood of my new covenant given for you for the forgiveness of sins. Oh God, we pray that your Holy Spirit might be poured out upon us gathered here on these gifts of bread and juice. Make them be for us the body and the blood of Christ so that we might be for the world, the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we get to feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your Holy Church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. This is Christ's table, and so it is an open table. It is extended around the world, and we have people coming to this table with us from everywhere. Those joining online, you are welcome to partake the body of Christ broken for you, the blood of Christ shed for you. And here, this is a gluten-free table. This is an alcohol-free table, so there are no barriers. Everyone is able to participate if your heart is willing. The, the welcome team will guide you forward, and you can place your used communion cups and the rails on either side. Let us come to Christ's table and celebrate God's love.
Let us pray. Beloved God, we give thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. And so we ask that you might grant, you might grant that we go into the world strengthened by your spirit so that we might be change makers for you. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. And as the worship band prepares to play our next song, I want to invite those who are joining us online to share any joys or concerns with us on the comments on Facebook or prayer at brexelumc.com and I invite everyone to please stand as you are able and let us sing together. You make 
seated. We have quite a few prayers uh, to share this morning. First, um, Mark and Catherine Vistarda share the arrival of Hadley Rose uh, on June 29th. This is daughter of David and Allison. This is their 10th grandchild. I know. Uh, and the, the Welches have grown by a baby. Not mine. No. Um, my sister-in-law. <laughs> had a baby. I was like, I said that wrong. And as soon as it came out, I was like, hold on. No, I have another niece. Veda, baby Veda was born five pounds, six ounces. Itty bitty. And we got to see her on Friday. Oh my gosh. So cute. I just can't with babies. Just too much. Um, And then also uh, joy for the baptisms that we had today and just having, um, just celebrating that new life and that new opportunity for connection with God. And then uh, Sharon asked for prayers for Bev H., um, who is in the hospital um, again and getting the care that she needs, but prayers for healing and comfort for her as well as for her sister Marilyn for um, strength and comfort. And Sue asked for prayers for her sister Nancy uh, for her postponed surgery that's scheduled for tomorrow. Uh, prayers for a safe outcome for her, for Nancy, and for her husband and the neurology team. And Shelly asked for prayers for her daughter Jessica for a safe return to Columbia. And Linda asked for prayers for her, the, her friends, Marie and Ben, who are recovering from a car accident, as well as for her niece, Meredith. And Kim and Matt have a prayer of thanks for Sophia's 13th birthday and blessing on her year as she grows. And Mary asks for prayers for her friend Angela. And Linda asks for prayers for Keith and Denise, both of whom have been hospitalized for illnesses. And then also um, I want to ask for prayers for all those for the wildfires in Canada that have been going on since March and um, as well as those um, with breathing problems um, with the air quality as it is um, and it has as it has been um, prayers for everyone as well and then Bob and Joyce asked for prayers for their sister-in-law Peggy who's been fighting cancer for more than a year And with all of these prayers, um, if you would like to pray with a community following the service, and we have a small, we have a prayer circle that meets up here directly following the service, and you're welcome to join them and and just, if you would like to pray, have them pray over you, or just participate in the prayer for our church, for our community, and for our world, you are invited to come up and join them um, directly following the service up here. So with that, let us go to our Lord in prayer. Holy God, we come into your presence with praise and thanksgiving for your faithful love. And God, we know that just as you welcome us, you also welcome our prayers. And so with confidence, we bring them to you, knowing that you will hear them and answer them. And so we pray for the world that you created, for the wildfires, for those tending the fires and all of your world, and also for the people who share this world with us, for our friends and neighbors and family members, for strangers across the street and those across the world. 
We pray for those who are unemployed, those in prison, and those who are hungry. And we pray for those who feel alone and afraid. Oh God, we know that each person you created is our sibling. And we give you thanks for the opportunity as well as the challenge of loving each person just as much as you love us. And so we pause now and pray for those who are ill or those whose loved ones are ill. For those who have lost a loved one and those who are anxious about the future. God, may your truth be known and your comforting spirit be felt. Empower each of us so that we might go out and share your hope and your peace in every thought and word and action. And we pray these things in the beautiful name of Jesus as we pray the prayer he taught his disciples so long ago. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The last thing we do each Sunday is to give you some action steps to go into the world and be the hands and feet of God. And so here are a few ways to engage with BUMC or in with the world through BUMC in the coming weeks. First, before you leave here today, if you filled out the Good Neighbor Experiment bingo card, then you can give it to me and you can get a gift card for ice cream. Yay! And if you didn't do it, then you don't get free ice cream. So too bad for you. Better luck next time. So <laughs> that means you can still take it and you can still go and do it and then you can turn it in for ice cream because we're a church and we like giving away free ice cream and, and grace and stuff. And then the next one is we have, we are collecting um, pajamas, socks and underwear for a donation drive for It Takes a Village. It Takes a Village is a nonprofit that's started by Christy Crouch and Christy is our own Linda's Crouch's um, daughter-in-law. And she began this nonprofit to provide children who are in need in Northeast Ohio with clothing and shoes and other necessities absolutely free. And so we want, she's here in the Brexville, in Brexville, and so we want to encourage her and support her. So we're collecting um, these items for her this month. And then also Broadview Heights Home Days is coming up at the end of this week. It's July 6th through 9th, and we are going to have a photo booth there. So if you, whether you're in the Broadview Heights community or not, if you would like to sign up for this, um, we have a few, we have quite a few spots left to simply come to the, you can just help people take a picture with props and just be in the community. We're just loving on people and letting them know we're here and we care about them. That's it. It's like not hard, I promise. I could even do it, so you can too. And then finally, you guys are not getting my little sarcastic jokes and I'm not appreciative, it's okay. I understand, it's rainy. And then finally, um, the last one is Reach Out is a summer camp that is coming up very quickly and our very own Dana and Jamie are on staff and um, they are, what, how many kids are there this year, Jamie? Do you remember? 
about 70 kids are going this, and they're going to spend a week up at Lakeside, and they're going to um, learn, and they're going to do crafts together, and um, they're also then going to go out and be in mission in um, different communities around Northeast Ohio. And so um, they are in need of supplies for studies and for crafts. And so there's an Amazon wish list that you can go to bumclinks.com and you can find this wish list and um, just order something and it'll be delivered here to the church and Dana can take it. And I do have to mention that um, whatever is not taken, whether it's by us or like there's people all in the East Ohio Conference that are um, purchasing things. Um, if they're not purchased, then Dana has to pay for them out of her own pocket, and that's not very nice. And also, we do not pay her enough for that. So if you would be willing to go on Amazon and purchase something, we would all appreciate it, right? Jamie would too. So with that, <laughs> let us receive our benediction and let us go and do God's good work in the world. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you peace. Go in peace and not in pieces. Amen. Let us stand and sing together.
appreciate y'all. Have a wonderful week. Thanks for joining us. Church doors open wide, may there be room enough for 